Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa travel guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying. When we think of good design, our minds often drift north to Sweden and Denmark, west to certain parts of the US or east to Japan. It can be easy to forget that great design happens, well, all over the world. Over the next couple of episodes of the Monocle 100, we're going to be looking at the other places where good design thrives. And today, we're going to focus on two titans of the industry from Germany. This is the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. And I'm Tom Edwards. Germany has spawned many great designers, from fashion heavyweights such as Karl Lagerfeld and Jill Sander to architects like Ludwig Mies van der Rohe and luxury car manufacturers BMW, Audi and plenty more besides. The design industry has always been alive and kicking in Germany. Let's take Konstantin Gurcic, for example. The furniture designer has been working from his Munich studio for over 25 years to become head of the table in German industrial design. Collaborating with many beloved brands around the world, he's made a name for himself by creating minimal but experimental furniture that hints at an intellectual curiosity about his German heritage. You can read more about Gertrich's work in the Monocle 100 supplement in our 2017 edition of The Forecast. But for the rest of the show today, we're going to focus on graphic design. Arguably the biggest name in international typography today is Eric Spiekerman. The graphic designer is the founder of Berlin design firm MetaDesign, and his latest venture, the P98A Letterpress Workshop, has seen him experimenting with time-honoured printing techniques and machinery. You can see his award-winning typefaces all over the place, from web browsers to magazines to car manufacturers, as well as on the Deutsche Bahn, making his work part of day-to-day life for German residents. Monocle's correspondent, Kimberly Bradley, met up with Eric Speakerman in his workshop to find out what he thinks about the future of typeface design and printing. We did used to, you know, hold things and touch things and, like in this case, type, you would have to touch and put in position. Physically, there were objects. Then on the screen, there are still objects, but they're kind of virtual objects and they don't really have any presence and you can move them around at will and you hit, you, you hit return and it moves on. Here you can't hit return, here you've got to schlep some large pieces of metal and fill the space. In a way, what we've been doing on the screen business is almost like cooking with ready-made ingredients. You just have your package there and you mix them up and you cook them, but you don't know where they come from. Here it is like almost like killing your own chicken. Speakerman runs workshops with graphic design students and collaborates with designers wanting to learn the craft. He also salvages old letterpress machines, mostly German and Swiss-made, that come from larger printing companies that have moved on to new technology. 
Yet smaller letterpress companies are booming. Where does the trend come from? Letterpress actually comes from, as always, from the States. And they, they've even made it into a word called letterpressing. But what they do there is they've rescued some of the old machines, like the old Heidelberg press that we have at the back. But they don't use the original type because that's complicated and difficult. What they do is they use polymer. In other words, they make artwork on the Mac. They send it away and make, have a negative made. And that negative is made into a polymer block. It used to be called a cliché. By itself, perhaps. But it's a skill and craft worth saving, in part to remember the past physicality of typefaces we now use on screen every day. I actually quite like this because, I mean, you know, why deny that we have computers? Which are, the quality, and when I'm talking about typography, the amount of typefaces I can get, the way I can massage them, I can make really perfect typography that Gutenberg would have killed for. It is so beautiful and perfect. Why throw that away and start back to an old... This process is 500 years old, the actual letterpress. Assembling type from physical little bits of metal is crude, primitive, expensive, dirty and heavy. By itself, perhaps. But it's a skill and craft worth saving, in part to remember the past physicality of typefaces we now use on screen every day. Part of the reason why I'm doing this is to preserve the craft, because it is an important craft. And the Germans invented it, and well, Gutenberg did, kind of, and a few others. And it's important that people have those, can still know how to use those machines. The machines, these machines won't die anytime soon. I mean, look at how they were made, you know. They'll survive the next five generations. They are so heavy, these machines. In the workshop, Speakerman's presses are monolithic presences. Flat files are filled with sets of metal letters. Posters with funny aphorisms in large letterpress letters like you cannot not communicate hang on the walls. Considering the typefaces themselves, how much has changed over the centuries? What we call these days Roman type or Latin type was defined in, in the 1470s in, in Venice. It's as old as that, hasn't changed. Garamond came in the 1560s. Bembo was designed in the 1460s. It hasn't changed. Helvetica, of course, did away with serifs, taking off the last of the trimmings. What now? You know, it goes wider and thicker, because sometimes because of technology, sometimes because of individual character, sometimes because of language. Languages all look different, and typefaces go along with them. That's why English typefaces look a little different from German typefaces even though I design, of course, for a world market. But essentially, it all serves the, the same human expression, so there is only so much, so much leeway in there. It's true you can't reinvent the alphabet. At the same time, there's no limit to tweaking typefaces. There's also plenty of room to grow in terms of the typeface market as media interfaces evolve. Right now, we're shifting media, obviously, that you know, up to, well, to, for some 25% of all web pages are already used other than system fonts. There's millions and billions of websites in the world are still using system fonts. So these people are still in the market, potentially, to improve their, the appearance of the websites. And what gadgets might we read these websites and typefaces on? Again, Speakerman sees a current confluence of technology and tradition, but it all comes down to humans, analog beings that we are. The small screens are getting bigger, the big screens are getting smaller. You know what? It's going to end up looking like a book. Because you know what? We found out 500 years ago the book is an optimal size that you can hold at arm's length and it's saying, you know, so the sort of iPad is pretty much the optimal size. You can't, if you go bigger than this, it strains your arms. If you go smaller, it strains your eyes. Duh. There's a form factor that it's a good old book. Gutenberg would have been proud. For Monocle in Berlin, I'm Kimberly Bradley. You've been listening to the Monocle 100 in association with Lufthansa. Be sure to pick up the forecast, which contains all 100 items on our list in full and is available on all good newsstands now. Over this series, we'll be exploring the opportunities, destinations and experiences that travelling with Lufthansa provides. And we invite you to join us on this countdown to your next journey. 
Lufthansa's onboard hospitality begins with a smile at the door. Throughout the flight, the crew ensures that every passenger feels at home. You may feel disconnected from the world below while you're cruising at an altitude of 30,000 feet, but onboard Lufthansa, you're far from isolated. Thanks to Flynet's internet access, your time in the air will fly by. Meanwhile, you can discover your destination before you even touch down via the Lufthansa Travel Guide and stay ahead of the news with more than 250 free e-journals, including the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung and the New York Times, which can be downloaded to your smartphone, tablet or laptop before takeoff to read on the go. There has never been more freedom in flying.